0: This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. Hey everybody, this is episode 32. I'm Canyon Clark here with Scott Clark and Jeff Friday tonight. Nate couldn't make it again. He's going to hopefully be back with us next week, but He had some other stuff going on, so you guys have to wait to see the cowboy for one more week. He hasn't been on since we've started the video, actually, but it's not because he's scared. He's just been busy, so we'll get him on here hopefully next week, and even though it'll be late in the season, maybe we'll talk about some turkey hunting with him or if we can get somebody else to come on. Um, All the people that I had in mind to come on and talk about turkeys either had other stuff going on or schedules didn't work out. So tonight, I want to talk about some stuff we can be doing right now as far as spring preparation for the next deer season and then like into early summer and stuff as well so stuff we're doing stuff you could be doing if you have it to do things like that so we'll jump right into the first one I guess Uh, I have down inventory so by that I'm talking about your trail cameras from last year so we all ran cameras last year and we got pictures from different deer different times and stuff and I always try to keep not every picture I get. I don't keep all the does and stuff, obviously. But any antler deer that I get on camera, I save it. Mm-hmm. And then I've got on my computer, on my desktop, where it came from. So during the season, instead of having to sort through all that crap, I'll just take it off the card, put it on the desktop, and then like, if it's your at your place, it goes into Jeff's property mm-hmm. folder. And then if it's at the cabin, it goes in the cabin folder. So now I've got all these these. However, many folders I've got full of pictures of different deer. What I'll go do now, since I don't have anything else to do hunting related, I mean, limited on what we can do hunting related, is go through and whether it be a week range or a two week range. So all these pictures came from the first two weeks of the season, I'll put them in a certain file and then I'll break it up week to week. I hit my microphone. I'll break it up week to week that way, and then it's easy for me to just go in there and see for next year, okay, this deer showed up the third week of October, and the second week of November he was gone. Mm -hmm. So if I think he's back, I need to go in after him that time of year because we've talked about before how deer from year to year will do the same thing a lot, Um, almost sometimes to the day, a lot of times within two or three days. I don't remember which episode we talked about that exactly, but I remember talking about that specifically so – I think that's a, a thing you can do now, and you can you know kind of keep your mind working towards deer hunting, and then it's a good time to sit down and analyze that stuff too. So as you're putting it together, you can put it together and then go through and look at it and start making notes or whatever it is and get a head start on that for next year. That way, when it comes down to August and September and everything else is getting busy, you've already got that stuff taken care of, so all you have to do is look at it when the season rolls around. I don't know if you've done that before with your cameras or something similar yeah, to that maybe similar,
1: not something similar to that I, you know i'll keep my cameras i put my cameras out in july right you know and and start uh cataloging antlered bucks and stuff and <clears throat> like you was saying but then also after even after i'm done hunting you know after hunting season's over with especially after a firearm season here in illinois i'll keep my cameras out and that lets me gives me a good idea of what bucks are still left that are will be around to hunt next year. Right. Yeah. No, I don't want to be hunting a buck next year that's on somebody's wall. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So I, that's uh, the best way that I've found to do that as far as inventory and what deer's on your property or giving you an idea of what to expect next year.
0: Mm-hmm. And you kind of keep – I mean, like you said, you kind of do the same thing. You keep the pictures of those antler bucks. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. And then, and you it, know, that way even if you're not thinking about it during the season – now, you can go back and look and see, like, okay, I had this buck I was looking at, and he was there all the way up to November 5th, mm-hmm. and then I didn't get another picture of him after that. Like, you probably noticed that during the season, but now, it's you know, you put it all together right? a little more, I guess, or maybe you didn't see that buck from, like, the fourth week of october but then you had a picture of a buck in january mm-hmm. and you didn't realize it was him because you hadn't seen him in two months or whatever it was yeah. and then you go back and think okay well that deer made it through the gun season mm-hmm. just didn't realize it was the same deer maybe it wasn't a target buck but it was a good three and a half year old or something for next year
1: and that's another thing too you know uh, if like you see a buck that made it through shotgun season on your property you know you got a few pictures of him well then next year you start getting pictures and you can kind of Look at the animal, and compare the pictures, and see mm-hmm. if that's the same buck and how much he's grown in over the years. Time, you know, as far as your antler size and even body size and stuff, mm-hmm. you know.
0: And again, if he was here to talk about it, I think that's a lot of what helped Nate kill his buck this year because he had had pictures of it from years prior and he and knew that Matt Dusty here. talked on about that yeah. part
1: of it too. They do that yeah. a lot, so
0: they have a lot of inventory of bucks, and and that helps them push those deer to the age class that they're mm-hmm. talking about now because you it's not always easy on the hoof especially once you get up into talking about separating four and a halfs from five and a halfs if you don't have pictures of that deer from years prior or sheds or both it can be hard to you know tell the difference between mm-hmm. that deer so they're using that a lot in that aspect i think And right. it, that's where another way it can be really beneficial so you
2: know forest even talked about, uh, using those catalog, you know, picture thing, not only they catalog the deer, they also with the weather, the temperature, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. barometric pressure, all that. And so, um, specific deer would show up maybe, maybe a week or so different from one year to the next. Well, if you've cataloged that for four years or five years, you know, there's correlation to weather and time. And so they could almost predict based on what the weather was going to be, okay, this deer is going to be here on this mm-hmm. day because of, you know, four or five years of records, of not only him showing up, but but the conditions in, in which he showed up. So right. you can get pretty anal about it. It just depends on how much time you want to spend at it, mm-hmm. and, you know, made sense to me. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I think at a minimum, at least going through, and whether you don't have them sorted by location, uh, if you can— maybe go through and you could sort it by deer too, you know, like you can put, okay, that's the same buck, put him all on a folder or whatever. But at a minimum, if you go in and maybe break it down even by the month, because most of the time you can sort that on your computer just by the date the picture was taken, mm-hmm. and then at least you can kind of tell. And maybe it's just deer activity overall. Okay, picked up, you know, the second week of October and died down the third week, but it bounced back in November or something like that, whatever it may be. But I think at a minimum you could do that. Right now, and it'd be really beneficial. And you can even go in and clean up some pictures that you don't want while right. you're doing
1: it. And today's cameras, too. A lot of them, if you got them programmed right, you know, they keep track of the moon phases and the, mm-hmm. you know not only the time but the moon phases, uh, the air temperature, and stuff like that. So you know, yeah. there's a lot of tools available there to help you uh, improve your hunting as far out uh, on your property. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of information that. And data that you can collect off those.
0: Yeah, and that's just that many fewer note checks you have to take because it's a lot of times, like you said, stamped right there at the bottom of the picture. Right. And then like what you're talking about, the forest, if you want to get even more in-depth, just take out a notepad and start making notes, and then you can put that into a computer or make it as fancy as you want it to or just leave it on a notepad. Mm -hmm. I think that's how actually, from hearing them talk about it, uh, the Drury's developed their app that we kind of mentioned with forest, the... uh, Uh, what is it deer cast deer cast they just took their 30 years worth of notes that they'd always took Mm -hmm. just because they were that you know into the that into deer hunting i guess and they decided you know we could put this into an app or something and it would all be right there and they just took all that data they'd collected which has got to be one of the biggest databases i would think of deer notes from Mm -hmm. anybody and put it in that app so not saying you have to develop an app or anything, but right. <laughs> See, we
2: should have done that
0: in yeah, the shop around
2: here. Like, I can always tell you when it's it's going to be a good morning that morning. Mm-hmm. You know, if people start bringing in deer, you're going to have five, six, eight, ten deer, mm-hmm. or or you don't have any. Mm-hmm. See if you kept if I kept them records of weather and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. No. Yep. Okay. So that was <laughs> uh, the first one I wanted to hit on is keeping an inventory and stuff because like I said right now if you're if it's raining like it has been you're know, not much you can do with your food plots although we'll talk about a little bit what you can do when it does dry up finally hopefully um, but that's something you can do even on a rainy day and take care yeah. of that kind of stuff so the next one I've got is looking at new properties or even public ground that you might potentially want to hunt for next year whether that be you got onx, or you've got some kind of plat book, and it's a property that maybe borders what you're already hunting, and you see a lot of deer activity over there. You think maybe it could be better, or if you could hunt them both, you would have a better shot at killing a, you know, your target deer, whatever you're looking for. You can get on there and go find the land over, landowner, you know, knock on their door. This time of year, they're not really thinking about deer hunting, so you might even have a better shot. Right. You know, like, hey, would you care, you know, next fall if I come in and hunt that and get it written down? Because the last thing you want is for them to tell you you can be there and then come back and run you off and then tell you, you never they never said that. So if mm-hmm. you can get it into writing, get it into writing. But now's a good time of year to be doing that as well. And then like the public ground part of it, even where Steve Shirk said he doesn't use maps as much to scout the public ground because he's right, there's so much you can't actually see from the map, even on the aerial, even as good as they are now, they're not always updated. But you can go on like an Illinois state map and find public grounds and then you can get on a map and kind of come up with a game plan and then go actually put some boots on the ground and do some scouting throughout the summer starting now. If you start now, we're still early stage of the green up, so you're going to see more that you wouldn't when it does get thick, but you'll see some things when, you know, in the later summer that'll help you too, but if you get out there right now, you have a pretty good idea at least of still what they were doing in the later part of the deer season, so if you can find that public ground you want to hunt maybe interested in next year now is a really good time of year to start going out there and scouting that stuff yeah we so. talked
1: about the public ground that joins up where i hunt you know we talked about expand. you know going out and looking it over and stuff and uh just like everything else we got busy with other stuff and, right or the weather wasn't cooperative you know mm-hmm. and, you know under three feet of rushing flood waters and stuff. <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so apparently <laughs> what's well, been lately you know, but yeah you know i i would like for still before things get too thick you know and if it dry up a little bit you know just one afternoon go down there and walk up public ground if not it's not only a place to hunt an extra part of the, addition to what we're hunting already or what i'm hunting already but just kind of give us an idea of what the deer are doing there and where we can set up you Mm -hmm. know to catch them moving from private to public or whatnot just
0: more information right and like you're saying even if you don't plan on hunting it like for sure it's just another option yeah if you go find something and then it's not like you wake up on October 23rd, and your spots have been dead, and you think, man, I'd really like to go somewhere else. Well, this public ground looks good. I'll go in here totally blind. Right. Mm -hmm. At least you have an idea of what's there and what you've marked and what Mm -hmm. you've already found. And you can kind of have a game plan going in, like we're doing for our private ground, making Mm -hmm. a game plan this time of year. You can do the same thing on public or the same way with the permission ground. Even if you don't you know, specifically plan on hunting it, at least you know you got permission to do it if Mm -hmm. you need to. If you see that a buck's moved in there and he's living over there, now you can go in after him. And same thing, maybe you ask him, you know, if I can hunt it, can I go in there and shed hunt it, you know, now or just go walk it, Mm. mushroom hunt it, whatever. And then, and you know, that's something right there. If you've got a property, I can think of one specifically right now that maybe they don't want you to deer hunt on, but they wouldn't care if you mushroom hunted or something. Mm -hmm. And it was buddying up to the property that you do hunt. It would be the same thing you're talking about with that public land. Right. Go in there and mushroom hunt it, and while you're in there, do some scout and see what the deer are doing, and then that'll give you a better idea, like what you're talking about on that down there, where you need to set up or what could help you set up where they're moving through from that ground to what you're hunting and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, you know, not that that's, I don't want to say it's deceitful, but, you know, you can go in there and mushroom hunt, and then while you're in there, what you see is what you see. Yeah. You, know, you can come up, just collect that information Write it down if you have to, if you're like me and you're really forgetful, or just you know lock it in like some people have a steel trap. Yeah, yeah. So well, anyway. It's that, getting a little rusty.
2: <laughs> is it? Slam shut most <laughs> of the <time>. yeah.
0: <clears throat> So that was a couple things too, and I don't know. I know you guys used to do a lot of uh, permission ground hunting, so is that something most of the time you guys just knew them, and it was kind of a agreed-upon thing, or did you go knock on doors and ask them, or did you catch them uptown and ask them to hunt their property, or was it up here? Most of what
1: me and your dad hunted when we was hunting together was
0: uh, my
1: neighbor's ground, you know, ground that joined up, or, uh, or ground that, you know, because uh, my family was farming back then, and so we was renting ground off landowners to farm, well, you know, I had some timber on it, and of course we farming farmed it, so they wasn't going to tell me no, I couldn't go hunt it, you know. So right. we'd go in there and hunt, cause you know during harvest whatever we'd seen deer in there, and so that's where we got most of our permission from. Where me and Scott was hunting now, I, I, yeah, yeah, later on as I where I went. <clears throat> other places and he was hunting with some other people i don't know what is most of the time i had with with the other guys
2: it was the ground that they had permission to be on right except a couple pieces uh north where we had done some target shooting and stuff i had permission to be in there a couple pieces up there which was decent enough hunting ground Mm -hmm. Uh, but other than that no
0: yeah so there's something you can do and then maybe it is people you know you just never thought about asking them to hunt their ground or something right. so but the next thing i kind of wanted to get into but boy if you do <laughs> <laughs> make sure that
1: you're the only one allowed to hunt. yeah that's a good idea too <laughs> that's why i say because. if you can get it in writing
0: get it in writing well i'm just saying
1: you know i had permission to hunt this ground me and your dad did and then oh uh, one of his the landowner's customers decided he wanted to get in deer hunting well next thing you know he was chasing us from one side of the woods to the other anywhere we'd put a stand up he'd have two on each side of us you know and Mm -hmm. and it just
0: you couldn't get away from him right and that you know that's frustrating obviously
2: i did hunt some permission ground up there close to you when you lived in that other place you and i hunted some permission ground. Until the landowner's
1: son started using our stands. Well, yeah, you know, when you get up at five o'clock in the morning and go hunting, and you walk to your tree stand, you look up, somebody's already there. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to run off the landowner's son. Yeah.
2: Oh no, no, you can do it <laughs> once, <laughs> once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I run him off once, but you know. <laughs> we never went back. Of course, when we got done, there wasn't any reason to and go wasn't back. Wasn't no reason
0: to go back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But, you know, if that does happen, you're out the permission ground, I guess. But like you said, if you can if you can be the only one, because, you know, that happened to me and Tubsey one time, actually. I just thought of it. They had ran a call up to an elderly couple's house, and Mom got to talking to him about deer hunting. And the guy, she talked about us hunting, and the guy said, yeah, well, we got all kinds of deer back here. Just tell them they can come hunt it, you know. So... We pulled up there and ask him, you know, before we went out to hunt. We weren't like gonna hunt that afternoon, but we drove up to the house and asked knocked on the door and told him who we were. And I don't remember if Jason was on the call or not, but anyway, said, Hey, you know, would you mind if we hunted it? No, go ahead. I said, Well, we just, you know, wanted to come by and make sure it's okay and old mom talked to you. He said, Well, I figured everybody was hunting it anyway, so you guys might as well come back here. So that should have been our first red flag. Yeah. <laughs> So we went back, and I don't know, a week later or so, we both were off where we could go hunt. So we walked back in there, and you couldn't go 15, 20 yards without seeing another stand or a blind. I mean, there was five or six different stands and blinds back in there where he was right. Pretty much everybody else was hunting it too. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, make sure if you actually want a legitimate opportunity that. You're the only one that's gonna be back there, mm-hmm. or maybe it's you and a buddy, or at least you know that the landowner's son hunts back there, right. so you aren't surprised when you walk in and find him in your stand. Well, the deal was
2: we we could hunt it during bow season, they could hunt it. They they wanted to hunt shotgun season, and and the deal was they could use our stands for shotgun hunting. It was a legitimate deal. Mm-hmm. The problem was his son started bow hunting and using our stands, and we'd went there one time. And then we got out of the stand, and and I said, Jeff, I'm pretty sure somebody's been in my stand. I said, I'm nothing's tore up. I just, you just kind of know. I don't mm-hmm. know how you know, but you know. Well, a couple times later, yeah, I, I I walked in there in one evening, and he was actually sitting in my stand, and he left. We went back and pulled the stands, and never went back after that. And I didn't even hunt that. There wasn't any reason to hunt. No. Because I came in the right way, he left the wrong way, which means he came in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was not necessarily a f- an unfriendly ending deal, but it right. was, it, mm-hmm. was a, <laughs> it ended nonetheless. Yeah, and, you know, and, and we still get along with him. Oh it yeah, was just, Ab- Sure, there yeah. was a couple of years of a little tension there, but well, we might have left a little
1: extra cent while was taking our stands down. Well, but, you know but. Uh, <laughs> But you know it all it all worked out. But back then too, you, you know, got to go, you got to go. That's right. <laughs> back then, you know, uh there wasn't bow bow hunting was and deer hunting was just starting to take off around here. So there wasn't that much hunting pressure yet. But it was starting to pick up. Yeah. And it's not like it is now where everybody's fighting over a pe- mm-hmm. you know a 10 acre piece of ground that they don't own their own ground, you know, so
0: So, the next thing I kind of wanted to get into is, uh, I'll cut that out. (coughs) Oh, shoot. (coughs) Okay. (coughs) Ah, Shoot. Do you want a water? No, I'm right. I think. Want I hit. No, that's okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, sorry I had to cut it out there. I have about died of a coughing fit. But anyway, what I was saying is uh, addressing deficiencies, whether that be, you know, with the techniques that you're hunting with, your strategies, or just, you know, your physical limitations, if you you know, if it's something you can change. No, wasn't talking about you specifically. <laughs> <laughs> The get but, a lot
1: more physical limitations than i have you know, well
0: <laughs> physical deficiencies and <laughs> that too so <laughs> looking at what worked and what didn't and what you know kept whatever working uh, <laughs> kept whatever it was from working so um, you know techniques as far as maybe you you know you thought you'd go try something new this year we talked a lot about uh, trying new stuff still hunting in the late season sitting on the ground if you hadn't done that before Maybe you went in there and it was just you're just terrible at it, or it just didn't work out for you. So maybe you you know you think about that. You think, well, you know, maybe that's not for me, or maybe here are some things I can do to prepare for next year to be better at that. Like especially with still hunting, if you're just incredibly out of shape or you can't walk through the woods without making any noise, you're not going to be very good at it. So that's something you can work on this time of year. The thing about still hunting.
1: Uh, a lot of people that try still hunting and it doesn't work for them is because they, they try to move through a patch of timber too fast. Yep. They yep. don't have enough patience. I mean, if you're going to still hunt, that's pretty much what it is. You still hunt, you know, yeah. take one or two steps and then stand there and observe for mm-hmm. a, a, quite a while. Yeah. You know, so
0: working on being a little more patient, right. You know, you can do that to become a better hunter for next year, give you a better shot. Mm-hmm. Same thing with sitting on the ground or up in a tree stand, if you got something that's, you know, keeping you from being able to sit still for a long time, something you can change, or, you know, you just have trouble, your attention span, you're just, you can't sit there and be still, so you're looking all over the place all the time, looking over your shoulders and everything and moving around, and that's a patience thing too. You can work on that and get better at just, you know, sitting still you know i mean that's something you can work on as dumb as it sounds a lot of times you know working on stuff looks dumb or sounds dumb but when it comes down to it if you work on it and get better at it it'll be worth it when you've got you know that deer hanging on the wall or when you shoot it and eat it and all that stuff that you're trying to do before but you couldn't because you're holding yourself back so and then another or big holding one. your cell phone right right yeah <laughs> and you know sometimes if that's what you have to do to stay still yeah I think that's better than not looking at it and looking around all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: If you get too wrapped up into it, and it's a windy day or something, and you can't hear. You have a good chance of missing something. Right. But if that's what you got to do to stay still, that's a lot better than you know looking around and stuff. Yeah. But you're right. I'm sure there have been many deer missed because guys are pedaling on their phone instead of paying attention. Yeah. So, and that's
1: where me and your dad had advantage when we started hunting there wasn't no such thing as a cell phone <laughs> right you know, When you went out there you had to learn to be still and pay attention because there was nothing else to do yeah. watch the yeah. squirrels watch the and squirrels and stuff leaves blowing uh, in the
0: wind
2: yeah all them uh, voice activated microphones them was all the, th- all the rage that back was in the a, day yeah uh, that
1: was good times there yeah but, them two way walkie talkies and little yeah they were, they were a lot of fun yeah
0: yeah so you know, obviously you had distractions too. it wasn't like a like a phone, so I mean, I guess if you're walking talking I don't know. know if you just, have Richard oh. on the other end of a two way that's
2: pretty much <laughs> <all>. that's <laughs> what I'm saying. you had your oh, own yeah. distractions
0: so but even then, you know most of the time you're you're talking about what's going on right home, mm-hmm. you know, so you're still paying attention, and then you're not wrapped up into something so much that you're like to me. If I'm just going to sit on my cell phone outside, I'll just go sit on the porch and put on my cell phone. Mm. You know, if I'm going to go out there and be hunting, I want to go out there and enjoy being out there, yep. you know, the solitude of not having to deal with all that crap Yeah, and get away from it for a little while and watch the squirrels and the coons and whatever else shoot the coyote that walks by, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Watch the deer that you don't want to shoot, you know, and that always makes it easier too if you've got... Dare you can watch. Obviously, that helps kill the time. But, yeah. But anyway, even if you don't have them, you can find stuff to do to keep your mind occupied where you're not. And you can work on that this time of year, you know. Mm. Just work on being a better hunter as far as that goes.
1: But I'm just as guilty as cell oh, yeah. phones as anybody is. Oh, no, we all are. You know, it's just like um, when them turkeys walk by, you know, obviously I couldn't shoot them, so I whipped out the cell phone, put it on video, and got. Yep.
0: Well, I think that's actually a benefit of having them because... Yeah. <laughs> We're used to like, we you film it with your walkie talkie? <laughs> you know what, <laughs> what I mean? So, yeah, no, you, you gotta s- shoot one to, to see the, to prove something exactly. you do know what 10 yeah. inches are. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you get that cell phone and you do see something cool or those turkeys that you can't shoot, at least you can get it out in video on it. But, no. and again, that's just like you telling your buddy on the walkie talkie that you saw that 12 inch spike. You know, like you can, you don't have to shoot it to prove it. You can get your phone out and take a video of it, but you're still paying attention, right? you know, to what's going on. You're still, you know, taking in your surroundings and being out there in the wild. And that's not to take away from the guys that they don't, you know, their idea of a good hunt is just going out there and being by themselves. And maybe they are wrapped up in their phone the whole time, yeah. you know, whatever. But if you're trying to be a better hunter and shoot more deer, that's not always the best strategy. But the biggest one, I was going to say, I think, in my opinion, and with me, is just shooting your bow. A lot of times you shoot like in September and then the season rolls around, and maybe you shoot a couple times in October and then you don't shoot again until like the next September. So maybe you made some bad shots on deer this year or you missed some deer and it was because you're just, your shooting was off, you didn't have that muscle memory or you weren't getting your reps in like you should especially shooting a bow and even a gun and even a crossbow if you don't do it enough it you know you get out of the habit of doing it then you're not going to be as good at it mm-hmm. as if you would shoot it even once a week or twice a week you know and I think with the crossbow and with the gun you do have a little more like you can go a little longer and still be okay there's just you know not quite as much concentration I don't want the word to be that goes into it but still even at that you have to practice it cuz guys Got to shoot deer and wound deer all the time with crossbows and and shotguns, you know, or miss them. So it, there's nothing magic about it. You still got to practice it. I think
2: uh now there's still some really good shooters out there, but I think overall, back when Jeff and I were hunting a lot, a lot of guys that were hunting went to 3D shoots as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost, almost all the hunters, not all of them, but almost all of them. Went to 3D shoots. So they were out there, at, you know, and then there was 3D shoots every weekend you wanted to go. If you Just wanted to drive somewhere, Sunday. you could go somewhere. Oh. But even if you didn't want to drive, there was one local. And when I say local, there was probably three within 20 miles of here Yeah. on any one given so weekend. So you could shoot once a month and not drive very far at all. Mm-hmm. You could shoot once a month and not be five miles from here. Most of the people around here that were bow hunters also did that. So they were shooting once a month at least, and most of them were practicing because they were going to shoot once a month at unknown yardages. So not only were they in the woods, they were shooting – they were having to uh, hone their skills on yardage and then also make sure their bows were in tune. Now, there's still guys that do that, but I think the numbers – of hunters that do that now aren't what they were then so i don't think the the guys do as much shooting now as they did
1: and uh another benefit from the 3ds like back in that day when we was doing it was <clears throat> you learned the animals uh anatomy you know where are you supposed to aim at mm-hmm. and
0: you know even though the 12 ring may not always be you know where no, you able a, to shoot the deer a, but
1: yeah you know you, you know you and they're in the woods. Things look a lot different in the woods mm-hmm. than they do in a in a controlled environment. Realistic you know? practice. Yeah, yeah. And you're shooting at a target that's pretty close to life size or whatnot, mm-hmm. and and it gives you a better feel for you know how you're supposed to aim and shoot and yep. judge distances and everything else. So
2: the guys are getting out there and they're doing what you're talking about. <clears throat> keeping their shooting skills honed all summer long, not just in September shooting at a couple pulling a bow out and shooting the dust off of it and calling it good like a lot of guys do now. I wouldn't say a lot of guys but some guys.
0: You know, I think probably the one of the biggest reasons for that is you know, even when I was in high school and Nate talks about it when he was in school and then in way before that, to get your hunting fix this time of year you watch TNN, or you went and shot your bow, mm-hmm. or before TNN, you went outside and walked through the woods, mushroom hunting or something, or you shot your bow. Well, now you can get on YouTube all year long and watch really good hunting content and get your fix, and then you don't want to go, you don't feel like going out and shoot your bow anymore because you already got your hunting fix, Mm-mm. you know, sitting in your house on your TV or on your phone or whatever. So there's not as much, I don't think there's as much drive to go out and shoot. As there would have been before, because that's how you, you know, it scratch that itch of mm-hmm. hunting. Which I'm not saying, you know, all that stuff's a bad thing. Obviously, we're using it, and I love all the content that's out there. But that's that could possibly be a byproduct of that, as guys not getting out and shooting as much. Cause a lot of it is self-discipline. Too. It. Yeah, know, uh, I don't worry my shooting compound.
1: But uh, I'd have target set up out there in my backyard, and I get off work get home i'd go out and shoot for an hour you know or until i got tired now once i got tired i quit because then that's when you pick up bad habits mm-hmm. and then once you get bad habit picked up it's hard to break it yeah and so you know uh but you know that's what we did back then either that or watch dan fitzgerald vhs movies you know right, right. right. yeah <laughs> but, that's
0: why you know that's what I before tnn i guess it was the vhs tapes yeah and before the vhs tapes maybe it was a article in a newspaper or something no. some publication I guess but that's not the same as having I mean hours upon hours of content right there at your right. fingertips mm-hmm. where you just sit down and watch it over and over and over and then you're not interested in going out and shooting anymore no. you know so I think that's a big one that you can be doing this time of year the next one and Forrest talks a little bit about this and i I think Dusty might hit on it too, but stand placement. So I'm actually working on taking my stands down, going through them, making sure all the straps are good, whether I need to replace them, making sure all the bolts are there where they're supposed to be, and then taking down blinds, pop-up blinds and stuff. At the same time, guys could be putting up stands this time of year if you've already taken them down, cutting shooting lanes because you're starting to see what's going to be in the way. And then I think a big one for putting up this time of year is the box blinds and stuff, because you're getting the deer used to it. Going out there and finding where you need to put it. Where you can see what's gonna be in the way, but you can kind of still see what it's gonna look like in the winter too. So <coughs> I don't have another coffin fit. But anyway, I think those are some things you're gonna be doing. And we you were just talking about, you know, getting a seat first in and starting looking at thinking about putting it up even if we're going to wait a little while well you know last year was my first year
1: hunting that property and so i mostly hunted <coughs> on the ground and i really didn't expect to kill anything you know unless i just absolutely got lucky which i did you know i got lucky and shot was able to harvest a doe but uh it was more of a learning observing year for me you know to see what the deer was doing where they was at where they was going to be at and that way I could develop a plan where I wanted to put stands for this year and you know we went in there and looked at it early this spring and we kind of come up with a few areas that you know we think would be good places to put stands on that property and so here before long before the ticks and the vegetation and all that gets thick and, you know I plan on starting doing that and hanging some stands up and-,
2: and that's also it's a good time to you know clear a few branches out around <laughs> where you're going to put your stand clear a few you because <coughs> you go in there you know i remember when we had that 3d shoot you know we kept those lanes cleared out we kept a main path through the woods but we also kept those offshoot lanes where we had targets set out and cleared out and you know we used to hunt around those lanes and those paths and they were all nice and clear. And so, you know, the deer, not only were they used to them, they were using them.
1: Yeah. You know, and we mainly knew what the yardage sure. was too. Well, you know, really? <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> it's just a, that's glitch. a you know? glitch. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's
2: one of them steel traps you were talking yeah. about.
0: Yeah. That, you know, you mentioned that, that's another thing that goes into stand placement stand setups. You can go in there and get ranges and stuff and mark trees. I know, guys, a lot of times before range finders got real popular, you go step it off and (laughs) put a a spray paint mark or something on the tree. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think you can still do, even though your range finders, again, a guy like me who's forgetful, even though you got your range finder and you get there in the stand and, okay, I'm ranging this spot and this spot and this spot. And I know what they are. Well, as soon as that big buck walks out, like, crap, was that one 20 or was that one 20? Mm -hmm. You know, so if you do it now and go put a paint mark up, well, then you can go in and, you know, take those ranges, whatever you need to do. But then you have a visual marker too. So it takes the thinking out of it. We would color code our marks,
1: you know, like, orange was 20, uh, yellow was 30, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. And not just in one direction, you know, different. Down every shooting lane that we had. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So
0: that way we know. And... I think it's a... One less thing you have to think about when that buck does step out is... Where's my range finder? Okay, I got it. I'm raging, ranging, ranging. Okay, I got to put it down and draw back. A shoot, shoot. By the time I did all that, he gone. <laughs> yeah. Not that guys don't do it and do it successfully. No, I'm not saying but, that, no. I'm just you no know, my luck. Exactly. Know? It's
1: just, you know, one last time. By the time my blind ass found him through the <laughs> exactly. range finder and, <laughs> and then found him well, again after went, you took it down. Yeah. yeah. It, nah. Yeah. I
0: never used one uh, yeah. when I was hunting. Never yeah. did. That's something you can do now, though, that takes. Like you're saying, you know, it takes away that whole element of it that, okay, he's by the orange marker, mm. 20 yards. Right. You, yeah. You know, put it through him. So that's something else that could go into stand placement and, and pop a blinds. And if you're in a field or something, you know, they make those little utility flags mm-hmm. that you can put out, you know, wait till the farmer gets his crops out and go shove a flag in the ground or something. Yeah.
2: Mm. Well, I think it, uh, if you have the opportunity, even when you're out like placing stands, take your rangefinder with you, mm-hmm. stand there mm-hmm. and think, okay, that tree's 23 yards. And then just see how, you know, that'll that'll make you better. Yep. And then mm-hmm. actually range it and see what it, is. And then get up in your stand after you hung your stand and you're cutting your lanes. Guess it first, yeah. judge it first, then range it. It'll make you better.
0: Yep. And that goes back mm-hmm. to the deficiencies thing. If you're, one of your weaknesses is you, you're like constantly guessing wrong on how far deer are that's a way you can work on getting better at that is go like you said guess it and then range it and check yourself and you'll get better at it for sure there's guys that well when I went with Nate this year I had a range finder and he was hunting which is you know if you got two guys and one guy can be ranging that's perfect but a little buck walked out and if I can find the video I'll put it over this if it's any good I don't remember it's on one of those cameras anyway if I've got it I'll put it on here but little forehorn if I remember right, or a spike. And he walked out in front of nate into a shooting lane and I ranged him. I said, Well, how far is he? And he looked up for a second. Twenty five. Twenty five yards. I mean on the dock. So mm-hmm. and that's, you know, knowing you you know, in your spot where you hunt all the time, if you got a set stand being in there and that practice and range in those spots when you sit up there and get bored that could be a way to stay focused too right get some ranging spots and then you're going to start to know like within a yard Mm -hmm. okay he's at 26 he's at 28 whatever it is you know
1: i've never been within a yard of anything
0: (laughs) well i always think they're longer than what they are (laughs) common misconception (laughs) yeah So, th- those are some other things that can go into stand placement and stuff. But the last one I have on the list, or well, you can add anything you guys want to too when we get done, but is the spring food plot prep. So, I did some pre-emergent spraying today. One on a switchgrass field, and the other on a field that I'd actually already went in and disced once. So, whether that food plot prep be disking and tilling, or spraying, or even mowing... If you've got a good stand of grass from last year and you're wanting to put a new plot in it, you can go in and mow it. Same way we would do with our disking. Go in and mow it, wait a couple weeks for that new stuff to come up that seeded out, if anything's already seeded out. And then spray it and kill it all. And then you can disc it again or whatever. Like we done at your property. You guys can check that video out and keep up with that on the vlog. We disced it, wait for that stuff to green up, we'll disc it again. You went and turned it over like we talked about last week. Mm-hmm wait for that stuff to green up and we'll go in and disc it again so that's kind of the preparations before we actually disc it with the intent of planting it yeah and, and with then,
1: the 15 inches of
0: rain we've had this week, <coughs> yeah it's good. greening up you know, Yeah. And, yeah be i didn't time, hurt so. it any you know and, right and that's the thing too with that one like i said earlier it's some of that stuff's tough to do like i said i did do some spraying today so if how'd it look by the way
2: it looked good you sprayed the switchgrass field yep what'd you spray it for
0: the From weeds and grass, weeds. Well, obviously, we you can't grass. spray it for grass, <laughs> The weeds, sorry. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> unless you're going to sell him more <laughs> seed, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not grass, weeds. And then, uh, we put some other pre emergent on the what's going to be the beans as well.
2: Uh, where you had the milo last year, yes. Mm-hmm. And so, that whole top mm-hmm. of air makers that is up there, mm-hmm. five or six,
0: yeah, something like that. So, anyway, that that's something you can do now, though between the rains and stuff as long as you're not going to get whatever you're using to spray stuck you can go out there and spray <laughs> and again as long that as that never happened no happens. no no as long as you know how uh what the timetable is on rain fest for whatever you're spraying obviously you don't want to spray it if it's going to rain in a couple hours and it's rain fest in 24 right you know but you can do that kind of in between the rains and stuff if you time it right and it's not too wet but how was the switchgrass field i think it's going to be okay is it
2: did you check the
1: clover plot? Yeah, they look really good. Uh, both of them? hmm Or was there two or three up there? There was two. two. And then the, the, the west one. Point. The west one looked really good last fall, you said, or something.
0: Yeah. The two clover plots looked really good. And then the wheat and rye plot looks good, too. And I think the plan for that one is to let it go, head out, like what Dusty was talking about, and then we'll go in and broadcast the fall blend into later this year. Or he will go in and do that. So Damn. anyway... That's kind of some food plot prep that we can be doing this time of year, and that we are doing, and that you can be thinking about when it does get dry because planting season is, you know, technically now, but we talked about before don't plant necessarily with the calendar, plant with what the season is. So, we've had a bunch of cold weather and a bunch of rain, so it's not really good planting season anyway. So it might end up being a couple of weeks later this year than it normally would, just based on the weather. And stuff. No, if we'd
1: plant anything last
0: week, it would have rotted. Yeah, I don't you know. even know
2: what the temperature, ground temperature is. I haven't I don't checked know. it. I anymore.
0: haven't either. It's been, we've only had what one or two little yeah. snaps of warm weather, and then it got pretty cold here. This I know last the, one.
1: Last time I checked the water temperature at the lake, it was like
0: 52.
1: Yeah. <clears> so <throat> you know the ground temperature ain't going to be much warmer than that.
0: Well, none of that switchgrass had. Uh, germinated yet. germinated yeah so and it's got to be 60 degrees which has been a little warmer down there where he's at but obviously not that much warmer right so
2: not if it was going to snow last weekend right
0: yeah no. and that's why i said this last cold snap we had like you said if we'd have planted anything even if it would have came up don't like it would have germinated at the ground temperature but you know it got frost yeah. on mm-hmm. like it did shortly after we uh burned, burned that mm-hmm. so that worked out perfect yeah but
1: That's that's probably the only thing we did on there.
0: (laughs) Well, that looks pretty good now. I was out there the other day putting those trees temporarily. So that's all the stuff I had. And then, you know, another one that I'll lead right into our, our podcast sponsor here, Rack's Big Game Supplements, is, again, like we talked about, using those supplements and the minerals and the supplemental feed. You know, this time of year is the best time to be running it into, you know, all the way into fall you could be running that stuff and see some benefit from it so like i said our our sponsor racks big game supplements they're a veteran-owned company out of northeast nebraska they're deer hunters just like all of us who are looking to get more out of the mineral and feed than what was existing already on the market so they've developed Rax products through years of research they came up with one of the best minerals available it's going to help improve your herds overall health and not feed the non-target species like the raccoons so They've got minerals, protein blocks, pelletized feed, meal feed, all specifically designed for whitetails. You guys can use the discount code RHO22, capital RHO22, at checkout on their website to receive 5% off your entire order, and their website is RacksMineral.com, R-A-K-S mineral.com, and then you can also stop by the shop over here and see us and order that way, save someone shipping, and then... Again, like I've been saying for a few weeks now, we're going to have some of that stuff in, and we'll have it in stock for you guys to come pick up. And that'll save shipping as well. So, And then, you know, like I said, still anything, if you come in the shop and you mentioned that you heard about it on the podcast, we'll give you 10% off of whatever your entire purchase in the store, too. So that's going on over there still. That
2: go for us, too, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Well, you we guys already get the, uh, the oh, podcast
1: discount.
0: We already get the podcast yeah. discount. Okay. Uh, of course. When do
1: you plan on implementing that on a on the property?
0: As soon as we get it in. I was hoping I could make the swing up to Nebraska from Kansas, but it is just as far up to their place from where I'm at in Kansas as it is from here to Kansas. So I don't want to make that big of a swing. You didn't
1: want to swing that big, huh?
0: No. No, <laughs> no I didn't. So. I got you. Yeah.
1: Don't blame me at all. I've been in Nebraska.
0: Yeah? It's a long drive. It is. It is. So, that's all I really had for this week. Unless you guys got anything else you want to add to it? No. Mm, so, all right. So that'll do it for episode thirty-two. We'll have another one coming out next week. As for now, I we think have to get be, the cowboy on. He will be on. He said he's missing it. He's going to try to be on next week. He's oh, three in a row now. Shining up his spurs. Must be I polishing up Polishing, polishing spurs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep. I think he got a <clears> new, <throat> new hat too. Did he get new hat? Well, I don't know. I bet he has one when <laughs> he comes back.
0: I bet he has. <laughs> So anyway. Just saying. We'll have the cowboy on for the next one, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will get to see Nate. Obviously, you've seen pictures of him and stuff, but we don't want to. Like, trifold pictures? <laughs> I don't
2: know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, that's it for this week. We'll catch you guys again next week. Thanks for putting up with us.